Good evening and welcome to our Wednesday midweek service. I'm so busy trying to jump into the Word. Let's go to uh, Matthew 13. Uh, we've been talking about, well, we talked about last week uh, the topic thankful. And we're going to get into that again today. So Matthew 13, 44, I'm just going to do a little bit of a review. 13.44 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field. It says, the which when a man has found, he hideth for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he has and buyeth that field. So, so the person, he recognizes the kingdom of heaven, uh, value and 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 gives away everything possible to take possession of the kingdom of heaven, right? So that's a level of value and appreciation there, right? And then uh, let's go to Matthew 22. Talked about this last week too, Matthew 22. We'll start here at verse 1. It says, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. He sent forth his servants to call them that they were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. And again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready, come unto the marriage. Verse 5, look, but they made light of it. They made light of it, or we could say they took it for granted. We could say they didn't appreciate it. And went their ways. They made light of it and went their ways. Not the way, but their ways. This is one to his farm and another to his merchandise, right? So the thing, they, they, they instead of valuing the kingdom of heaven, they went to things that they believed was more important. It's in verse 6, And the remnant uh, took his servant and entreated them spitefully and slew them. So they also didn't value God's messenger. Didn't value God's messenger. Well, this, looks, this lines right up with what goes on in our culture now. It says, But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy or took it for granted. It says, go ye therefore into the highways, as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. It says, those, so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not the wedding garment. Right? And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king, Servants, then said the king to the servants, Bind him, uh, uh, bind him hand and foot, and take away. And cast him, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, the interesting thing is, 
this says there should be weeping and gnashing the teeth, and we know that's the description of what will take place in hell. So here, you know, you have the kingdom of heaven is likened to a wedding, and it's being prepared for uh, God's, uh, the people that God have, has, has loved and has called. But the people, a lot, everyone that he's called obviously hasn't responded with the level of value and appreciation. And so then God says, okay, well, anyone that will <laughs> hear, anyone that will listen and take value or show a level of appreciation, let them come on. Uh, to the wedding or to the feast. And so the amazing thing was, <laughs> the amazing thing is uh, they all came with this. It says one guy didn't have the wedding garment. And for our conversation, that wedding garment is, is thankfulness, is appreciation. You know, like, so, so there, there's something when you, once again, like when we come to God's house, we get to come to God's house. We're not doing God a favor. There's a, there should be a level of appreciation um, to be uh, involved in God's kingdom, set apart as God's children, uh, for Christ to give his life for us. There should be a level of a appreciation, right? You notice in verse 5, it says they made light of it. And if you think about it, that's what's going on in our culture now. More and more and more people are making light of God, making light of the kingdom of God the things of the kingdom of God. You know, it's so easy for us to question the things of God now. At one point, it's, it's oh, God said that? But now it's, okay, God said that, but what about this? And normally we're contrasting what God said with what the world said. So we're making light of God's word, like God's word is on an equal playing field with the world. There's no comparison. And so it's, it's a dangerous thing uh, that when we start to walk in this life and forget uh, how to be thankful. You know, like, <laughs> so, so let's, you know, we'll think about it. So, so we have some children here. So imagine your child uh, uh, crossing over to a point where your words now, are, every word that comes out of your mouth is questioned. Every time you say, hey, no, no, I need you to wear your coat. Well, I got to wear my coat. Well, I need you to do this. Well, I got to do this. Hey, well, I need you to brush it. Well, I got to brush my teeth. So imagine every time you communicated something to benefit to your child, they questioned it. Well, that's what we're doing with God. Imagine your child is thinking of doing something that could be harmful for them. And you say, oh, no, you don't want to do that because that will be harmful. And they'll go, well, how do we know it's going to be harmful? Will it really be harmful? It might not be as harmful as we may think. Imagine if your child responded to you the way you respond to God. Just something to think about, right? right? Imagine if they made light of you even being a parent in their life. Right? Your authority, your words. Imagine if you said to them, don't you trust me? And they said no. How would you feel? Well, that's how, God, that's how God feels. If they just made light of you or took you for granted, right? All you do is feed me. <laughs> how would you feel about that? I mean, all you do is feed me. I mean, you ain't doing nothing. That's how God feels, okay? He does a whole lot more than feed us. Ain't that right? 
Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8. Again, thankfulness is something that's so important, but we, oh, somehow or another, we figure a way around it. And, and sometimes we, like, you remember those times when God has come through? And, and, and so, Pastor Mel remembers, you know, God's come through uh, for different people, and they call you up, right? Oh, oh, Pastor Mel, I can't believe this is happening. Pastor Mel, Pastor Mel, oh, God, man, God is so awesome, right? What happened to that same awesome God when you were in crisis? Oh, he's a different God now? You know, but don't you get those, you know, oh, God is wonderful. I was believing God. Now, that same God we was believing for, when, when you blow it and you make a mistake, now he's not the same God? Oh, he's only a God when you, you believe that you're operating in a perfection that's worthy of what God has done. But if you, if you need God to love you despite your choices, he's a different God now, right? Mm. All right, so let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 8. We talked about this last week. We'll start here, verse 11. I think this, is, this will be good. Again, this is a little foundational stuff from last week, but it's still... Uh, will hit home for us today. All right, verse 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgments. All right, I'm sorry. Let's jump up to verse 6. Well, let's jump up to verse 2 because it's one of my favorite scriptures. So it says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord... Look, thou shalt remember, don't take for granted... All the way which the Lord God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Number one, to humble thee. Number two, to prove thee. Uh, Number three, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not. So a lot of the process that we go through in the wilderness, because a lot of us says, hey, you know, when God bless me, man, you know, he don't have to worry about me forgetting him. I'm going to keep his commandments. Well, look at what we go through now with a little bit of temptation here and there. We're not keeping his commandments in the wilderness in a lot of cases now, but we want God to take us into the promised land, right? Right? So, so, so a lot of what we're going through is not, and it's not a punishment. When you slip or you miss it, God is saying, okay, that's why I need you to press into me and be in more communion. Like we going to God going, oh God, God, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. And God goes, listen, I knew you, I knew where you were. You didn't know where you were. Now you know where you really are. So, hey, could we tighten things up a little bit? It's not for us to think we were already perfect or were already complete. It's giving us a gauge to understand that that we we still have have a ways to go, right? And we drop down here to verse 6. It says, therefore, thou shalt uh, keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and fear him or reverence him, not take him for granted, right? It says, for the, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks and waters and fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land whereunto thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. So, so what we're trying to arrive at is a place where we don't lack anything. All right? And if we're not at that place, that means we're still stuck in that wilderness phase. 
right? It says, and a land not stuck, but we may be still in a process in, in that wilderness phase. I apologize. It says, a land whose stones are iron and, and whose hills um, thou mayest dig brass. You dig, dig brass out of the hills. It says, and when thou art eaten and art full, and thou hast, and the, uh, then thou shall bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee when you get all filled up. This is verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein. So these are people that at least arrived at the houses and are living in them. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply. So these people, their herds and flocks multiply, and their silver and thy gold is multiplied. And all that thou hast has multiplied. It says, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought it thee forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So this is saying that we can arrive and obtain things. So it's not just obtaining. If we forget God, we won't maintain, right? And then verse 17 it says, and thou shalt, and thou say in thine heart, my power and, my, and the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is to this day. So, we, so, so as we're evolving, again, God gives us advanced information. You know, as people are believing for breakthrough and some people are in the darkest hour, but a lot of times it's the darkest hour right before the brightest sunshine. Uh, some people are in that wilderness stage right before their breakthrough into promised land. Some people are, are uh, seem like they're in a hopeless situation, but normally that's right before, you know, that's that midnight hour, you know. Uh, what is it? Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around and around and around, right? Right? So, so right before he turns it around, but, but the thing is, God is not shaking, shaken by your circumstances. You know, God just wants to make sure you don't lose thankfulness when you cross over. He's like, why go through all that you're going through right now? Why go through, go through all that you've been going through just to uh, only to find yourself just tasting some of the things that God has desired for you all because you couldn't be thankful. So, so it's not... You don't have to feel bad if you're, you, you're, uh, you have exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Or let's say you feel that you have exceedingly, above, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, and God is about to give you 10 times as much as you have. But that's not, you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to think, oh, my God, well, I just feel like maybe, you know, maybe I should do something. Listen. God is trying, he wants your cup to run over so you can pour into all the lives that he sends you to pour into. So, 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 so if, 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 if it's more than you need, then you got a, a whole lot of seed to impact lives. You know, a whole lot of love seeds or what we, we talked about, heart seeds. Uh, but this is the key. Even if you uh, have exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, I think, man, be grateful. See, sometimes our, our uh, and, you know, I repent for this. Sometimes our, our, well, no, that's okay. Like, man, just be thankful. Like, if God, if God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, think if he wants to get, want you to have a, 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 
8,000 square foot house. Just what's wrong with just being thankful? So, so there's times we buy our kids things that they can care less about, but you want them to appreciate it, don't you? Like keeping it real, they don't they don't even know that the brand name half of the time. You know, you got people out here buying all types of gold chains and stuff like that. The kid can't wear the gold chain in another year from now, and the neck will be too big, right? But, but, but the parent still wants the kid to appreciate it, like not take it for granted, right? Well, the same thing. God just wants you to appreciate. Why can't you just appreciate Him loving on you? So He sends you favor. You, oh no, I don't. I, I don't do that for me. God's like, really? So we're not going to get no thank. Hey. Them doing something for you that you don't deserve, you know what it should pull out? Thankfulness. Appreciation. How about that? Instead of the, I'm saying this respectfully, but instead of the false humility, how about the true thankfulness? How about that's our response to every blessing God gives us? We're just going to be thankful. Instead of worrying about if you deserve it or if it's too much or what people are going to think, I don't need that. How about God just wants you to have it and now you're in a position where you have to be thankful? How about that? And we run from thankfulness. Like we don't want to, to, to be around too many people that we got to go, like we got to owe them thanks. <laughs> like, you know, you know how we do, we try to get around that and be like, well, nah, it's good because I don't want to owe you. So somebody buy you something and you buy them something right back, the same thing. You know, so now that we even now, we, you ain't saying it to them, but on the inside, you're like, well, I don't really owe you, you know, because, you know, you took me to eat. I took you to eat. So, hey, it's kind of cool, right? We good, right? No, no, that's what, what's wrong with they took you to eat and you're thankful. What's wrong with that? Why you got to go? Why you got to go make sure you take them to eat so it so it'll be evened out so you don't owe nobody? What's, what's, what's wrong with us? Huh? What's happening? Ah, oh, gave you a whole nother way of looking at it, didn't he? See, see, that's why I love David. David was a man after God's own heart. Because he was thankful. He was appreciative at every stage he was at. See, 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 and that's why, um, and, 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 and again, I'm not focusing on any particular ministry or preacher, but some of the angles of people teaching grace right, almost like exalts us from doing things out of being thankful to God. So I don't need grace to free me up from doing things because I appreciate God, right? So the things that I do in the kingdom, the serving and stuff like that, because it's out of appreciation. I'm thankful. The least I can do. So somebody may deem that as, see, you're doing too many works. You ain't got to do that. You're under grace. No, 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 I'm not doing it because I have to do it. I do it, I'm thankful. I get to do it. (laughs) I'm doing it because I'm I'm appreciative. I love God. I love what he's done in my life. So the least I can do is serve in the kingdom. Now, if somebody wants to flip that into, see, man, see, man, I don't be doing all that stuff, man. That's works, man. That's the, whatever anybody else, listen, and I respect, that's what people's perspective are, but hey, as for me and my house, <laughs> we're going to serve the Lord because we're thankful, right? We're just thankful, right? It's the least we can do. I mean, you know what? Sanctification, it's the least we can do, man. 
The scripture says what? Present yourself as, as a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service, the least you can do out of appreciation. So, so, so me and that, that wonderful lady back there, we just be doing stuff because we figure well, that's the least we can do. Not we, we hung the moon, we can't pay God back. But the least we can do is be thankful, show appreciation. So, so it, it, it oozes out of us in service, right? Look, look at Isaiah 53. No, Psalm, uh-oh. I might have wrote, wrote the wrong scriptures. Let me see which one it is. I think it's Psalm 53. I hope it's Psalm 53. Not it's Isaiah, but I think it's Psalm. Please be Psalm. Yeah, Psalm 53, uh, verse 2. Psalm 53, verse 2. It says, uh, it says, God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Now, seeking God would take an effort, right? It says, every one of them has gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none of them that doeth good, no, not one. See, 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 the, the appreciative are always doing good for God to others. The appreciative are always doing good to God for others. You see what I'm saying? So, so, so they're, it's, they're doing stuff for others, but they're doing it to be a blessing to God, being agents for him. So he said, God, look down here, you know, look down and, and to see if there was any that did understand. To see God. See, see, appreciation pushes me into the presence and the heart of God. Thanksgiving, doing good things because I'm appreciative, that just draws me in the presence of God all the time. But think about it. When I, when I, when I, when I do the opposite, when I'm, I'm just selfish, you know, when I compromise my, my relationship with God, that's not showing thankfulness, appreciation. He sent his son to die for me, to free me up to, to spend time with the devil. I just let that sink in for a second. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not showing appreciation, like working so hard to find how we cannot be in the presence of God. Remember in, uh, in Genesis 3, verse 9, God, remember after uh, uh, Adam and Eve, who didn't show appreciation, and left out of his presence. Remember, after sin, God said, where art thou? See, see, before that, why, he didn't have to ask, where art thou? They was in his presence. Like, like, being in God's presence was the value. It was appreciation. But, but now they, they, they've got, they got caught up in compromise and got caught up in self. I want to say this, you know, God's been asking, where art thou ever since? Where art thou? So we have to be honest about where we're at if we're going to get where we're going. And then let God guide us from there. You know, man has been been in denial of losing sight and therefore uh, losing value for God since sin. So, you know, think about it when you're talking to somebody and you're trying to help them and you, you, you find yourself in a debate, you find yourself, I, you know, I was talking to a, a young man today and we were talking about, 
some of the, uh, the intoxicating things of the world that's clouded the minds of men, okay, in our generation right now. So, 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 so everything that we sample or taste now has a crazy blinding effect on it. And so I told him, I said, I said, I know what you're dealing with. I said, you're having a conversation with a person, you can give them a compliment and it, it turns into an argument. He was like, yeah, how'd you know? Like, I said, yeah, like you, you said something complimentary and they're like, so what you trying to say? Like, okay, I thought I'd just compliment you, right? And because it's, 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 it's blind or you can make one phrase and a person to take it like you're putting them down, right? So now they're fighting, they're fighting you and you don't even know why they're fighting you because you're like, like, what are they fighting about? Like, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> or you can ask a question and they'll take a question as an interrogation. See, all that is because we're in this, this clouded world since sin. And then some of the things that we partake ourselves in to quench our thirst clouds us even more. So now everything is paranoid, is uh, insecure, is misunderstanding. And so now we lose sight of, of appreciation. Once we lose sight of appreciation, we lose sight of God's presence, right? We have to live in appreciation and glorifying God. We have to live in appreciation and glorifying God. See, this is what we breathed before sin. Before sin stole our spiritual sight, what we breathed was appreciation and glorifying God. Adam and Eve was walking with God in the cool of the day. If you start looking through, listen to Isaiah and his visions, it was uh, the angels kept going, going around the throne, holy, 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 holy. Like there was, the angels are constantly in praise and worship. What? In appreciation. Because every time they see something, a part of God's glory, by the time they come back, it's a whole nother level. And it's just like when you see something, this is stuff that we operate in all the time. When you see uh, the dress you like or the car you like or uh, you just pick something you like. But when you start to see it or, or you know, some, some of you like art or, or some of you, you know, it could be, uh, unfortunately, it could be like a team from Wisconsin or something. But, but when you like these things, what do you do? You show a level of appreciation, Right. That was just a joke for Marcus, y'all. That's cool. This is just a joke. I just slipped it in. That's all. But when you, when you, when you like these things, you show appreciation. Like you, when, when it's something you really, whoo, like something happens to you, right? You're like, whoo. Uh, my wife uh, bought this lamp. She was like, oh, that's beautiful. Like I heard it. She was like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I like that there, you know. So, no, but the lamp didn't say, oh, so you ain't going to say nothing? It's like that now. Oh, you're just going to look at me. Now, the lamp didn't have to make a request. It was an automatic response. The lamp didn't have to have a sermon preached, right? No, the lamp didn't have to go through nothing God goes through, right? The lamp, the lamp stood neutral. It was in the store neutral. She picked it up neutral, brought it in the house neutral, sat there neutral, never said one word, but it got appreciation. But God got to go through... Uh, Seven sermons, uh, 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 four praises, uh, 17 people on their face, you know, uh, uh, people dancing and shouting, and he may get a thank you. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 why can't we just operate and live in this appreciation that we were designed to live in a long time ago? 
See, see uh, the scripture says in uh, Genesis 13, 14, Genesis 13, 14, this was after uh, Abraham finally separated from Lot. Now, if you go, go back through the story, Lot was never supposed to be with Abraham. <laughs> in Genesis 12, God told him to leave your brethren and your kindred. So that would have been Lot too, right? But see, remember I told you, Abraham was one of the most compliant folk, and he was following the rules, the rituals. Dad was getting older, he was taking care of his dad. Remember? He was taking care of his dad. So then, then it was, uh, then uh, his, his brother died, he was taking care of his, his nephew. See, he was operating in what we call compliance, the things that are nice. Yeah, but God showed up and said, I, uh, I need you to leave your brother and your kindred. So now you're, going, you're leaving the system or what seems to be good deeds to be obedient to God, showing appreciation for everything that God gave you up to that point. And so Abraham, it was hard for him to pick up the reality of God's signal, but he was able to better, God was God was in position to awaken him, awaken him better when Lot wasn't there. Lot was a diversion. See, a lot of times we're staying attracted to diversions, and those diversions are keeping us from seeing God clearly. We're going to acknowledge God. We're going to talk about God. I mean, we're not going to, some of us are, going to, are not acknowledging God, not talking about God. I know that. I'm, talk, I'm, I'm trying to be, think the best. Most of us are going to acknowledge God, talk about God. We're going to come to church, read a couple of scriptures here and there. But can God get us really to see him clearly and really live the thankful life that we do? Some of, see, we think our, our, all our deeds are God deeds, but they're not. Our obedient deeds are. <laughs> you know, see, see, case in point, he told him to leave his brother and his kindred. He told some of us wouldn't be able to do this because he told him, no, no, I don't need you taking care of your nephew no more. See, some of us, we're we going to do that until... It, like, until we pass away, because, you know, and then he says, I don't need you taking care of your dad right now. But, you sure that's what he was saying? Well, Jesus even said, the person that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. The person said, let, let me go bury my dad. It was, it's, it's pretty much the same situation that we talked about, if not now, when, on Sunday, right? So God was trying to get him to see, get to a place of appreciation. And so, so, so when, when, uh, when I heard the statement, when I was meditating on this, uh, where art thou, I started to think of, you know how they had the shows, where are they now? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but, but it's saying that, like, it's somebody that you, 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 you was fully aware of, you saw all the time, right? But all of a sudden, you're like, I wonder where they at now. Like, like, like what happened to them? You know, <laughs> you know did they pass away? Did they say, where are they now? So I was thinking through the same thing. Where are they now? Where are those who live in appreciation? Are they still out here on the earth? Are they missing? Missing in action? See, see, live in appreciation. So, so, so that appreciation, that praise, that, uh, you know, that thanksgiving, the act of love, the act of love. Where are those that are living in the act of love? See, service is a part of it. Service is birthed out of appreciation. Service is birthed out of appreciation. You know, but think about there's, there's, there's people that do the bare minimum, but it shows you how much they appreciate. But then there's people that give everything they have, like the person that recognized the kingdom, 
and sold, gave up everything to buy up the kingdom. So there's people that serve like the kingdom is more valuable than anything else. But there's some people that serve like, hey, the kingdom, I, I can do the kingdom, I can do the world, you know, I can do my cousin, I can, I, I can do I, whatever. I mean, I mean, it's all the same thing. Like I hear people talk like it's, it's the same thing. Like they, they balance, they go, well, you know, okay, well, you, oh, this is what they'll say. You got to have a balance. You have a, and their version of a balance is, well, you know, you got to do God's stuff and you got to do the world stuff. You show me the chapter and verse for that. I have never seen that scripture. <laughs> Just show me. Where is that at? But, but, but what it is is the world has almost dictated. Okay, oh, come on, man. You don't want to be all too spiritual. Listen, I'm trying to buy up the kingdom like it's the most valuable thing ever. I'm selling out everything to, to, to buy stock in the kingdom. Hey, okay. Yeah, see, you's a fool. Well, I'm going to be a fool, but that's the least I could do. <laughs> that's the least I could do. I mean, look, God did it. He sent his, gave his son. He sold out. He, he, he gave his only begotten son ahead of time, like before I even could choose him. He showed value and appreciation for me. He did it with his son. Remember, he said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. He showed value and appreciation for him before he ever did a thing. But see, we are conditional. Well, I, I may show you appreciation if you do enough for me. And then once you did that, I still got to see if I really think that's enough. But he already did everything to get all the appreciation. He, look, look we, we have a ticket to heaven. Eternity in fulfillment. Wouldn't that, shouldn't that be enough? But I ain't met my boyfriend yet. Are we serious? We serious right now. So God don't get appreciation. Maybe that's the holdup. <laughs> Look, he gave advanced appreciation before we ever did anything. Maybe you need to give him some advanced appreciation before you receive what you're looking for. The scripture does say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added. How about appreciating God first? Giving yourself, right? So, so, so similar to, uh, similar service is similar to obedience because obedience is appreciation and action. See, again, Jesus loved God. He, he had value for God and he showed it by his obedience unto death. So when we're disobedient, is that showing appreciation? Everybody just jump in now. Hey, no, no, that's not, no, nah, pastor. No, nah. I, I thought I'd speak for y'all. Just, you know, just, I know y'all was thinking it, you know, it was processing through your minds. So I thought I'd speak for you, you know. All right. All right, let's go to Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27. I help y'all. Not a problem. I understand. I understand, I understand. Thankfulness. We're talking about thankfulness. Uh, so Proverbs 27, 21, I'm going to read the King James Version. I'm going to read two other versions just for impact. It says, uh, as the refining pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise or his appreciation. Right? Uh, the uh, New Living Translation says, a man is tested by his praise. Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a person is tested 
by being praised. So now this is also saying that how we handle praise tests us. <laughs> how we handle praise tests us. See, because when God uses us to do things, it draws praise, but that praise really is supposed to be deferred to God. But some people start drinking it for themselves. Message says this, the purity of silver and gold is tested by putting them in fire. The purity of human hearts is tested by giving them a little fame. So, so, so just like silver and gold is tested by, once you put it in the fire, you see if it's pure gold. You see if it's a pure heart by, by taking them and the, putting them in the fire of, of praise and adoration. Because think about it. A, here, let me give you, let me, uh, this is something I shared actually with, it might have been my nephew, but one of the athletes before their game. So it says, uh, a great man's greatness begins on the heels of monumental achievement. So a great man's greatness begins on the heels of monumental achievement. His next steps into uncertainty will place him in God's big picture and, att- and intended abundance, Right? Because if, if he handles it right, that's what he's about to cross over into. So, so you can't never lose sight of that young person within you, the person that just loves God, loves to share all that's in them, appreciates every opportunity God has afforded them, and uses their platform to show their appreciation by their domination over the devil, right? And so, so uh, the Scripture says, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 it says, all things we do, we do to the glory of God, to the value and appreciation of God. It says, uh, Colossians 3.17, all things we do, we do heartily as unto the Lord, right? Right, uh, 3.17 and 3.23. So, so everything that we're doing, we're doing, right, to show value and appreciation unto God. So now when I do something for somebody, I'm giving my all because I'm doing it as I'm doing it to God, Right? But if I have to do it, then I'm not doing it as I'm doing it. God, Scripture says, you know, uh, you know, don't do things under man anyway. Do it as you're doing under God. So this value, this appreciation, this thanksgiving um, should, how could I say, fuel our obedience. This should, should fuel our obedience. And so we have to ask ourselves, can we choose the obedience that shows our value for God's gift? Can we choose the obedience that shows value for God's gift? And so, so, so think about that for a second. So I'm in a situation where I can choose a God's leading me in his word. I might get a sermon. Uh, I might, you know, I might be watching a movie. I might get a call and something hits me in my heart that's telling me I have to operate in a level of obedience. Now, I can, I can operate in full obedience because, hey, Christ operated in full obedience. God gave his gift. I appreciate that. It, 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 it's allowed, it put me here to be fearfully and wonderfully made to fulfill a purpose, whatever you need. Or I can kind of like, ah, well, you know, I know I've been given the capacity to give all of me, but what I'll do is I'll hold back some and I'll just give a little bit, you know, just in case, you know, keep this in reserve. You never know when you might need it, you know, shaking and moving, Right. Or, man, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. No, I'm not doing that. It's just uncomfortable. I don't want to look bad. And what will people think? And, you know, God understands. He knows my heart. But each level, I had an opportunity to show appreciation through my obedience. 
I ain't got no time to get my head and go, God knows my heart. No, I'm showing my heart <laughs> by my action, right? I'm showing my heart. That, ain't, that, that don't work in no other area of our life when we do that whole God knows my heart. That don't work no other area. If somebody loves you, you want to know it. Like you don't want them, you don't want to like, I, I pretty much know what you're thinking already. I know how it is. Yeah, yeah, nah, nah, you don't never have to come see me. You don't have to call me. Um, you don't have to text me. I do nothing. I pretty much know. I mean, you know, just, I know your heart. Down working, no other aspect of our life. Think about it, when you're lonely, oh, so you want a person to just, we're just going to assume the person would be there. Like, no, you want the person right there. Right? So actions are valuable and our obedience shows our actions. And I'm going to tell you, our obedience keeps us in God's presence. Scripture says uh, in Isaiah 26, 3, it says, uh, he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Uh, it says, the, who, well, let's go there, let's go there, because it says, who trusteth in thee. So Isaiah 26. Again, we're talking about thankfulness. And, you know, I, I was asking God what to talk about around the Thanksgiving holiday, so he gave me the message. So I thought it was just going to be for last week. And he said, oh, no, 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 we, we, we've... Uh, there's some people missing in action, some people to, that are operating in appreciation and thankfulness. All right, so um, Isaiah 26.3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, nothing missing, nothing lacking. It says, Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Right? So, 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 so it's something about staying locked in on God, staying in his presence, and obedience keeps us in his presence because we're in harmony with God's will. See, God's peace is readily recognized in a storm, but often taken for granted in quiet times. God's peace is readily recognized when there's a storm. When it's crazy, they recognize, but it's, it's, it's taken for granted and not appreciated in our quiet times. A lot of our quiet times is because of God's peace. But, but, but that's where God sometimes doesn't get the same level of appreciation. You know, you, you just broke through the crisis. Oh, God, I love you. You're on the altar. Oh, you're wonderful. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, all of a sudden, God can barely get you to get your hands up. But, but that peace is not only still in operation, it's probably thicker. It's probably thicker. It's why you have peace. Right? So, so, again, I'll repeat this. God's peace is readily recognized in a storm and often taken for granted in quiet times. People are not as thankful in the quiet times. But you need to be thankful in the quiet times as well as in the storms, right? See, this is the thing. The adversary tries distracting us through circumstance to take our eyes off of what God has done and is doing. See, he tries to distract us to take our eyes off of what God has done and is doing as we speak. You remember, uh, it's the story of the, the footprints in the sand, and you know, this, uh, this person looked through their life, and they said, I noticed uh, when I was really going through some things, it was only one set of footprints in the sand. Like, it looked like you was walking with me, man, you know, when everything was cool, but when I was in crisis, like, it's like you left me. Oh, and, and the Lord responded, yeah, it was one set of footprints in the sand because they were mine. I was carrying you. 
right? So we, 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 we lose sight that, you know, the scripture says God never leave us or forsake us, but God's taking care of us, man, and we need to, we need to be more appreciative. And this is the thing, the adversary does all these things because he's trying to steal our praise because he knows that's God's place of habitation in our life. He inhabits the praises of, 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 of Israel and Zion, right? And so, so uh, my wife has a, a scripture uh, that she's been locked in on and, and stood out for years uh, uh, besides Romans 8.28 um, is Judges 5.11. It says, rehearse the righteous acts of God. Mm. So it tells us to rehearse the righteous acts. And then the scripture tells us to forget the crazy. <laughs> forget the things that are behind us and press toward the mark of the prize. And so we have to constantly rehearse the righteous acts of God. You know, that's why they tell people to write down journals, blessing journals. Because you might need to go back and read the journal and see what God has been doing. Especially in a moment when you think ain't nothing happening. Oh, no, 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 no. You on his back right now. <laughs> yeah, you need, matter of fact, he says, well, I need to be thankful, man. You know, I'm going through. You need to be thankful that you riding his back right now. Yeah. Oh, you thought you was walking in the, in the sand. No, 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 no. You riding his back. So you need to be thankful that you got his back to ride. <laughs> right? That's how you're getting through. He's carrying us through. Right? So, 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 um, I, I, I was, I was thinking of how this world tried to train us to be so freelance, especially when it comes to the things of God. Like, like, look, look at our culture. Our culture is almost like, Okay, here we go. Are we going to do God again? Or you have a conversation with somebody like, okay, do, do we have to talk about Scripture? Now, now I, I'm going to say this because I, I you know, I, I use a lot of Scripture. Um, first of all, if I'm talking to you and I happen to use Scripture, uh, I don't talk to nobody but my wife that much. So I guarantee you, you ain't getting that much Scripture. <laughs> it ain't that much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what, what I mean by that is the world, this system, you know, because, I, again, I talk to people all over the world. Uh, we both do. And, and when you start to, and it's, it's amazing. It doesn't make a difference where you are. You could be here. You could be Africa. You could be wherever. Like, like the, the, the culture is trying to weaken people's thirst for the things of God. And then... Like God can't get nobody to break through. Well, I can't say nobody, but people are losing. Like nothing's changed. There's a, there's a, uh, you're under tutors and governance to the point in time of the Father. You have need of patience after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Right? Right? Uh, count all joy when you fall into the diverse temptations, different tests and trials, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you'll be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Right? Right? You have need of patience after, you, after you've done the will of God, you'll receive the promise. So nothing's changed, but we actually think if we feel that we've done enough, then we should have the promise. And it's based on feelings. You know, like, like it's not based on reality. It's based on feelings. Like people have gotten mad with God because they're going, by now I should have. And they're going, and I can see God sitting there, based on what? 
Well, and then, then the thought is, I'm doing more than I've done before. That's, that's wonderful. Man, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing what you're doing. But God is not, he's not giving you what you need based on you doing more than before. Okay, so tomorrow I decide I want to I play in the NFL. Just out of nowhere, you know, football actually was my favorite sport even though I played basketball. So I want to play in the NFL. So I show up at a camp. And I say, okay, what does it take? Let, oh, man, listen, man, I know, uh, I, you know, I didn't play college, this, this, and another. But if I do what it takes, can I get on a team? So the guy looks at me and he goes, he says to himself, this fool crazy. But he don't say it out loud. He goes, okay, no problem, man. What you, whatever you need to do. And he said, this, this, this is my list of what it takes for you to play. So now I'm running faster than I've ever ran. I'm lifting more weights than I ever lifted. Like, 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 I'm running patterns. I'm out there in the field by myself. I'm, I'm doing my thing. And I'm going, so, 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 so where, where's my spot? <laughs> and the guy's looking at me like, your spot? Based on what? Well, I'm ready. I said I was ready. Who's assessing me? Whose team is it? But I feel I'm ready. And we're living this life where if we feel we're ready, we think we're ready, and we'll respond as if somebody cheated us because we were ready. We, listen, somebody done told you wrong. <laughs> if you were ready, you would receive what the ready person receives. It's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not rocket science. But, I man, I get it, I get it, man, I get it. You know, uh, man, man, I love the people, I'm not going to say the name, but uh, uh, been uh, helping a young man uh, out of town. And so we was having a conversation and the young man, is, you know, doing more than he did before. So we had this conversation. I said, okay, yeah, I said, so you're doing more than you, you did before, but everybody has a design. And so I gave, I gave this particular example. I said, so let's say, now use me. So I'm going to use me again. So when I came to the kingdom, I was doing more than I did before. Man, listen, I'm, 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 I stopped, stopped smoking, stopped drinking, I stopped having sex, I stopped uh, hanging out, right? You know, some of you guys, but I was still playing ball with the fellas, so I'm still around the fellas. But being around the fellas, I'm not doing none of the things that we always doing before. So I'm what? I'm junior Jesus to them. In, a, in some cases, you know, like, I mean, the junior Jesus, I'm like, oh, here he come. You know what I'm saying? Here he come. Or while they're enjoying whatever they was doing, I'm making them feel uncomfortable. Then I would go in certain situations. I'm the same guy. I like talking about stuff, right? I would go in the situation. I start talking about life. And they used to be like, man, there you go. You messing up our high. But they couldn't be mad because I wasn't coming at them crazy. So it was like what I was saying was cool. But man, come on, man, you just, we just, I mean, we, we trying to enjoy this, right? And so, but I, what would I, what would I be thinking to myself? Well, I'm, I'm really living for God, right? I, I'm really living for God, why? Because to them, I'm walking on water. I start spending time with God, God's like, and I was like, God, I don't understand why this stuff is happening. He said, this stuff is happening because you still ain't where I need you to be. But I'm like, look, look, I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. And he gave me this picture, which he explained it better to me just recently, almost like a, 
I was a three-liter bottle, right? And I, have, I, and, and I was empty for years, empty for years. And so finally I decided to put two ounces of water a day in my bottle. Two ounces of water. Is my bottle filled up? Nowhere near it. Just a couple ounces. But do I have more water in it than I had before? All my friends, some of them didn't even find their leaders. <laughs> like they didn't have leaders. Some of them had leaders, but they were empty. But I have two ounces. To somebody that has no water at all, I'm rolling. Every time they see me, here he go with his water. Right? Now, the God gave me that picture like into the word. He, I, I was the lead. I was empty, no word. I started putting two ounces of word in me. But I wasn't putting word uh, to meet, to fill the capacity of my design as a leader. I, you, know, you know them little, little you know, uh, we, we do it sometimes for the picnic. You know, little kids, we give them the little, what is that, a four ounce? Pretty much a four ounce. So it's a little four ounce bottle, right? So I, I'm actually thinking I'm the four ounce bottle. I got two ounces. I'm half full. I'm doing good. But I'm not a two ounce bottle. I'm not a four ounce bottle. I'm a three liter. But I'm rolling like I'm a two ounce bottle. Y'all still think I'm talking about Keith Bradley, don't you? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And then so now I'm frustrated because I'm going, man, I'm almost full. I wasn't even living right, but I'm half full. Why don't I have all my stuff? I mean, I only got two more ounces to go. These dudes ain't nowhere near me. I'm half full. And I'm not even scratch. Man, get a, get a three liter today. Put two ounces of water in there. It's going to make you mad. Normally, hey, a lot of us, if it's a three liter and it's two ounces left, half time we throw it away. Sometimes we don't even finish it. Because we, we can't see the, the couple ounces. It's sitting down there at the bottom so much, you be like, oh, this ain't, no, let me throw this away. <laughs> but if it's full, do you throw it away? Now, you crack that baby open, don't you? <laughs> right? So this is what's going on out here, man. The world is kind of watering us down, man. Like, our, our, we got to fill our appreciation up. We got to fill ourselves up, man. Stop freelancing. Walking in and out of the word. Word. Hey, we can't make God an interruption. In a lot of our lives, God has become, become an interruption. Oh, what are you, what are you talking about? So, so in our lives, you know our family can be an interruption? Like people are supposed to be essential in our lives. Our spouses can be interruption. Not essential, but an accessory. So that means if, as, as Pastor Mel, uh, she says, honey, oh man, now she's an interruption. But if she says, honey, I go, hey, what's, what's up, sweetheart? No, she, she's, she's essential. She's a part of the, 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 we're connected. But you know, God, we hear from God or we hear about God. We could be standing in the hall, God's word can go forth. We can be traveling and, God, and something, God's word come forth, and it's an interruption. As opposed to, ooh, God saying something? Oh, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second, right? Slow down, text. <laughs> But, but, but what's, what's, what's happened is it's, everything's been watered down. 
right? And, and we're taking God for granted. You know, I was talking to my son one day, and I was talking to him about um, uh, just, just doing what's best. And uh, we was having a conversation. This wasn't that long ago. I, it, I think it stimulated the teaching. And, and, and Mondale said, he said, man, Dad, I get it. You know, he said, we got to do what's best for the people we care about. And I said, I said, I said, yeah, I said, that's, you know, all things lawful but not expedient, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, right? And, and I told him, I said, I said, like, doing, going the extra mile of doing what's best for people is being excellent. It's excellent for their sake. I'm being excellent for their sake. See, his attention to details, going the extra mile for them. I'm not thinking about what it costs me. I'm thinking about the benefit to them. See, 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 that's, that's doing what's best for the people we care about. Like, I love God. So I should be excellent for his sake. Attention to detail, going the extra mile, right? You know, we're, the scripture says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That means he did, he, he, he went the extra mile. He was excellent for our sake. Right? He took special care for us. Do we appreciate his love by giving love? Do we appreciate God's love by giving love? Do we appreciate God's love by giving love? And, and um, just for the sake of time here, so, <clears throat> so I'm, so I'm going to give you just this one little piece that's subtly been stealing uh, this, this main value that can really take our whole lives to another level because God inhabits praises, right? And being thankful, you know. It says, uh, look, be careful for nothing, but through prayer and thanksgiving that your requests be made known unto him, right? Uh, Philipp- what's that? Uh, Philippians 4, 6, right? But I think what's happening is the world has, has, has injected us through lust and Smoking, drinking, all types of stuff was something called narcissism. And, and we had talked about this a while ago. Uh, we never really got into it, but, but, but I was reading through my notes, and I just said, wow, this is amazing. This is probably why some of us are not appreciative. See, because to be appreciative, I'm thinking about, I have to consider, so, so LaBarbara, if you do something for, for, for me, I have to be paying attention and, cons- and consider it and be thankful. You see what I'm saying? But, but let's say if I'm in my own world, you could do something and I, it, I won't even notice it. Like, I, you know, and, and you'd be like, did he notice? I mean, we did something for somebody. I was like, did they realize we did it for them? Like, do they care? I mean, maybe it wasn't to the value that they wanted, but I was like, well, we, 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 we gave them what we had. But I was like, did, did they... Was there any level of appreciation? But, but in some cases, it's not like a person is like, if they was mindful, wouldn't be thankful as people are so, so caught up in their own world. They're not, they forget to give thanks. <laughs> All right, look at this, look at this. So nar- uh, narcissism, right? I just want to give you this. Uh, so they, 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 they're going to give you a little breakdown on the screen there. So uh, a narcissistic personality disorder causes problems in many areas of life, such as relationships, work, school, 
and financial affairs. Uh, people with narcissistic personality disorder may be generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given the special favors and admiration they believe they deserve. <laughs> they may find their relationship unfulfilling, and others may not enjoy being around them, even though they don't tell them. <laughs> and some of the symptoms. They have an exaggerated sense of self-importance, achievement, and talents. They hyping up themselves a whole lot more than the reality of, of their accomplishments, right? Patting their stats is what we used to call it back in the day. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Jersey folk, right? And, uh, and number two, uh, they have, have uh, a sense of entitlement. I, uh, I'm sorry, I wrote that wrong. I said have and, but it should be have a sense of entitlement and require constant, excessive admiration. <laughs> so you can admire them. You can appreciate them. You miss one, one five minutes of appreciation. Be like, oh, so I don't think you care about me. Like, what in the world have you been? <laughs> I was just like, like, are we serious? <laughs> what we got? We got to hook you up to a machine. <laughs> just, all right, so number three, expect to be, they expect to be recognized as superior even without achievements that warrant it. Ooh. Number four, they're preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty, and the perfect mate. <laughs> and sometimes they're not the perfect mate. All right, number five. It says believe, they believe they are superior and can only associate with equally special people. <laughs> That's why they're so isolated. See, because it's hard for them to give of themselves to develop a relationship. Relationships don't come ready-made. Relationships cost something. Truth and love, challenging conversations. If, 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 a lot of relationships have started because somebody was rubbed the wrong way and one person went to help the other person to say, hey, man, you notice when you did that, this is what happened? See, 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 see. But again, some people feel that they're above going the extra mile, right? Uh, where, where, where was that? Am I eight? I think. Oh, okay, six. Uh, they monopolize conversations and belittle or look down on people they perceive as inferior, almost sizing everybody up as competition. <laughs> sizing everybody. Instead of esteeming others better than themselves, they size everybody up as competition. Ooh. Right, right uh, number seven, they expect special favors and unquestioning compliance with their expectations even though they're not compliant. Number eight, they take advantage of others to get what they want. <laughs> That's simple enough, right? Number nine, they have an inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. That's why they don't show appreciation. They can't recognize nothing around them but what they're focused on. They are envious of others and believe others envy them. Number 11, they behave in an ignorant and haughty manner, coming across as conceited, boastful, and pretentious, right? It's always a front up there, right? You never get to see their genuine self. Number 12, 
insist on having the best of everything, for instance, the best car, the best office, you know, not just the person that just wants the best, but if somebody else gets something now and they got to, they already spent their allotted uh, budget, but now somebody else got something, so then they're going to go over their budget because they got to have better than everybody. <laughs> you know, they can't be content with what they got. Like they, when they first got it, it was like, no, nah, this is it, because this, this is my dream car. And then somebody else goes buy something, and then they're going to break the bank to just have something better than that person. Interesting. Well, instead of appreciating what they have, right? Uh, at the same time, people with nar- uh, narcissistic personality disorder have trouble handling anything they perceive as criticism. And they can, because of this, become impatient or angry when they don't receive special treatment. <laughs> have significant interpersonal problems and easily feel slighted for anything. <laughs> they react with rage or contempt and try to belittle the other person to make themselves appear superior. It's, it's, it's that Jezebel syndrome. I want to tear you down so I can justify not listening to your truth, right? They have difficulty regulating emotions and behavior. They experience major problems dealing with stress and adapting to change. Most of the time, they don't, they're so conceited, uh, they don't believe they need to change. Everybody else needs to change. The key word I just said, everybody else. <laughs> right? So that means I, I'm fine. Everybody else needs to get themselves together. Right? Um, 19, they feel depressed and moody because they fall short of perfection. Right, even though none of us are perfect. And, so, and they have secret feelings of insecurity, shame, vulnerability, and humiliation. Now, now I gave you the, the, the narcissist, narcissistic individual because we're talking about thankfulness and appreciation. A person so caught up in themselves, in their perfection, in uh, what about me, what about my needs? They're, they're using all their energy uh, for self and not giving appreciation and value to God. Like some people prayed for what they have and now they're complaining at where they are instead of just appreciating it. Like, like, like most of us, we got exactly what we prayed for. So, so appreciate it and then believe God for the next thing. But why are we complaining? Why are we offended? Why are we, fo- like, like if a person says, they didn't select me for the, the team, okay? Before you knew there was a team, were you upset? Before you knew that there was a, a, a committee, were you, were, you, were, were, were you pissed off or bothered? No, you were having a great day, enjoying your family, enjoying your wife, enjoying your kids, enjoying God's life for you. You heard there was a committee, and everybody couldn't be selected. If there's hundreds of people and, and only eight people on the committee, all, you ain't the only one that's not selected. But, they, but you weren't selected for the committee, right? Now you're upset? How come you weren't upset last week when there was no committee? How come you, you weren't upset because you're like, man, I can't believe they don't have a committee that they ain't selected me for? No. The committee was formed, people were selected, and now you think you deserve, you don't know what the criteria is. You don't know if you're being prepared for a bigger or larger committee. 
You don't know if your skill set is more suited for uh, another team down the road. You have no idea. But your first thought as a narcissist, instead of just appreciating where you are and what God has done for you, you want to get upset. Soon as we get upset, soon as we get frustrated, we, we leave appreciation. And when we leave appreciation, we leave the presence of God. And his presence is fullness of joy, his right hand pleasures forevermore. A lot of depression is the lack of appreciation. Taking for granted what we do have. Some people, uh, they're in their head and they worry a lot, right? Listen, I know people that couldn't think of the, the 2,500 things that you think every five minutes. You know why? Because they have brain damage. You have a brain. You're just using it to think about 2,500 things to worry about as opposed to 2,500 things to appreciate God for, right? And you're taking for granted that you have this brain that you can think like that with. People would love to have your brain. There's people out here that's never had children. And, and they, they, they battle through depression and stuff like that because they, you know, want to have kids. People got kids and want to appreciate it, Right? Won't appreciate it. Constantly looking for what to get, not appreciating what they have. So I think we should just um, uh, challenge ourselves. You know, we're going into fast week. Uh, challenge ourselves, man, to, 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 I mean, go back through your journals and, 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 and thank God. Like, through this week, thank God, man. Appreciate. Watch what happens. Because you're like this with your family, your kids, the people that borrow from you. If they just take it for granted, like, like I'll str- like I, I be transparent, I struggle. If God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. But if, if I do something and it's just not taken for granted, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me to want to do it again. Because it's like, man, you don't, you don't care. Or if you roll like, 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 uh, how I want to say, like, you're doing me a favor by allowing me to do for you. <laughs> you know, that is, 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 I can see how God feels, right? So, so think about how you feel when you're not appreciated, you're taken for granted, and then you'll be able to see uh, slightly, not even close, because God is bigger than us. He's done a whole lot more for us. How God feels that we're taking for granted all that he's afforded us. Man, we, we, we you know, people take are not thankful for the country they're in. And, and in all honesty, like, because I know some of the different things that happen in different countries, like even, even the, uh, the people that, you know, you know, you could protest to do whatever you want to do. There's a thousand things that people protest about. But there's a lot of countries you can't protest at all. Open your mouth, you lose your life. I mean, the fact that it's a country that allows you to protest, appreciate that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you appreciate some of the liberties you're afforded. As Christians, we walk around. I have a Bible here. There's another Bible down there. I have all types of Bibles at the house. There's countries that I have friends that are missionaries in. They got to hide the Bibles. They sneak Bibles to people. They do Bible study underground. And then they move to different locales because 
if, if, if they get discovered in that locale, they're going to die. So they're on edge to do Bible study. We get to come to church anytime we want to. They do it like it's a, uh, what is it, uh, Mission Impossible mission, you know. Like they, get, they you know how they, 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 you know, they get in the room and they got the little map. Okay, so what we're going to do is you're going to go through this corridor. All right, so I need you to be overwatch over high. Okay, hey, what we need you to do? Hey, what you do, you stand and watch at the door. If something happens, uh, you knock on the door three times. What you need to do, you need to be at the lower level just in case. The, like they got to do all this for Bible study. We ain't doing all that. We ain't strategizing. When we, hey, I ain't calling Amelia. Hey, Amelia, okay, now you're coming now, right? So what you do is I want you to sit in maybe the fifth row from the back just in case. Ain't nobody doing all that, right? So we need to appreciate the fact that we're in a country that we can talk about the gospel. We can open our Bibles. There's a time when this Bible better be in your heart. It's prophesied that they're going to try to burn the Bibles, well, it's prophesied they're going to burn the Bibles. I said try, right? So, so again, we need to appreciate. All right, so let's, let's, uh, let's end there. And let's, uh, any thoughts? Anything stood out for anybody that's uh, either online calling in? You can look on, you can look on the uh, screen, you know, they have the call-in number.